What a fellowship. What a joy divine. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What a peace is mine. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. I am leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. I'm leaning, leaning. Good morning, Filter Church. I have an assignment threefold. Number one, I want to continue as Reggie and this awesome worship team has escorted us into the presence of the faithfulness of God. He reigns above it. That was five of y'all. But number two, I want to be able to challenge everybody, that's Ebonics for every one of you, to go make history. Not your story, but capital H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y. But a third thing, I got three, three, three things in the assignment, Frank. The third thing is since you don't trust me, I want to point you to two people you can found in the Holy Word of God, the first history-making push comes from one who has an entire book named after him, and it is the book of Isaiah. I want you to run to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. We normally read from the ESV, which is the English Standard Version, but for points of clarity this morning, I want you to get it in the Amplified. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. And this first history maker introduces us to a vision. And by the time we are done, you will be invited to the altar. There will be leaders that will assemble up front, and you're not coming to shake their hand. You're coming to do something about the word you hear from God, because every time you hear a word, it demands a response. And I had one of our fellow church members tell me, I'll never go forward in a church service. I said, do what? I will never go forward in a church service. Say, what if God says, come here? Ain't gonna do it. What if God says, raise your hand? Not in the church service. What if he says, get prostrate? Not prostate, prostrate. You know what she said to me? I won't do it. And I said, why, woman? Because then they will know. And I start looking around for they. David Reed, I didn't, I didn't understand. Who, they, they will know. And I said, can you move? What? You ever have somebody get tested with you? And you know it's a test when this activity starts happening. What? I said, they already know. You are one fry short of a Happy Meal. 
You are one sentence shy of a paragraph. You're not fooling nobody. So since we already know that all of us are the island of misfit toys, when the invitation is extended at the close of our service, that's your cue to rise, come forward, and be transformed. Why at the altar? Because you could be altered. I'm still, I gave you time to find Isaiah chapter 6. The word of the Lord says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw in a vision the Lord sitting on a throne, high and exalted. The train of his royal robe filled the most holy part of the temple. Above him, seraphim, heavenly beings stood. They had six wings. With two, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they flew around. And then they uttered something one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. Why did they do it that way? Because one holy wasn't enough. Two holies didn't suffice. They had to emphasize the power of the Most High, and that's why you've come on this celestial day in the year of our Lord, 2022, to make sure his story is being known. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory and the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out and the temple was filled with smoke. You saw the spirit move in this place and he's not an it. You welcome the Holy Spirit into, don't you want church service that you can remember when you leave the parking lot? I want a doorpost shaking encounter with God, not to spook me, but to draw me to lean on an everlasting arm much greater than my own. Here it is. Then I said, woe is me. That's how we know it'll be church today, because you'll come to an altar to repent. I'm a man ruined because I'm a man of ceremonial unclean lips amongst the people who have unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king finally, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew, and to me they brought a coal from the altar that burned and took it with tongue, put it on my lip. It touched my lip, and he said, listen carefully. This has touched your lip, your wickedness. Look at your neighbor. Your sin, look at the other neighbor. Your injustice, blink at me. Your wrongdoing is taken away and your sin atoned for and forgiven. Whew. That ought to be enough. Bless you. Get that out, that toxic stuff. Get it out so you can breathe this in. That ought to be enough for us to sing a hymn and go home, but there's more because I read a post from R.C. Sproul and R.C. Sproul says this, there is no greater state than to get up from your knees in prayer knowing that God has forgiven every sin you ever committed. Thank you. That's one. Anybody? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? We left here, err sin, every one of our indiscretions, everything that went bump in our night, Every family member gone from our house. I mean, everything that has been a struggle. And some of y'all are that family member that <laughs> the holiday <laughs> Thanksgiving has. Okay, let me get back to my assignment, my assignment, my assignment. Because when you got that forgiveness from the text and you understand it is realized, verse 8 lifts from the pages of Scripture and says this. I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for me? 
Who will go for this triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, where holy, holy, holy is Christ? Then said I, here am I, send me. So when we finish our service today, leaders assembling at the front of the altar, that is a cue for you to come forward and say, my prior life has been busted. I've been out of kilter, hadn't talked to God like I should, but I'm learning from Scripture that when he bids me come, I have to give a response. Either talk to the hand or hear my sin. It's not waiting on Pastor Jason because he had an accident in the mud and his leg is kind of, and you have to hobble with him. It's not waiting on a brother from another mother, Chocolate Thunder, that'd be me. That, that's just too... You had not seen me since the last holiday, so you're trying to figure out who is. It's not waiting on other leaders, Pastor Jim, Pastor Larry Dan, Pastor Rafi. It is you saying, here I am. If mama doesn't go, sin. Okay, I got to help because Isaiah teaches me that God granted his prayer. And when we pray aright, God is in the business of providing all good and perfect gifts. And he teaches me three things from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. He teaches me, number one, that I don't have to be long-winded like the preacher before you. I can give him five words in prayer. Here am I, sin. Even if you flunk the third grade, you can count to five. Here am I, sin. My left, your right, you're coming to the altar as an expression, as a demonstrative yes to the Lord, as an obedient step of faith. Whoever you are, whatever station of your Christian walk, or if you don't know him at all, you're coming to say, I want to know you. Here am I. Send me. That's number one. Number two, from the text, I see something else lift from the page, and this made me lose my afro. I saw this word come forth, and here it is. Are you ready? Don't fool me. The Bible teaches, don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can. Right here in the center, that's where you'll come. Because you've been letting other things distract you, excuses get in your way. You've been letting problematic pressure be in your eye gate, and you can't see God because you still have an Uzziah. And your name is Isaiah. And it's Isaiah Isha, if you don't have the understanding that it's for all of us. Don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can. Was that a word for anybody? You've been looking at social media trying to keep up with the Joneses. They got a new fishing rod. They got a new wife. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> and you looking at yours saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Stop comparing and contrasting yourself with other people's lives, living vicariously through your favorite star in Hollywood. Don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can't. Y'all are still looking at me clueless. Can I break that down? If you don't like people, Fielder will not make you an usher. That's not your gift. Have you been to that church? Get in here. No, not that pew. That one over there. And they greet you in the parking lot looking like they have a face for radio. And you know, is this the place of peace and joy? I don't think that you should be assigned to the doorpost. Oh, that missed y'all. Can I get even closer to where you live? If you are a thief, you will not be on the finance team. One for church, five for me. That's not good mathematics. And that is not of God. If you only have one tooth, use that one and grin for Jesus. 
God is calling us to do what we can do, and I cannot cleanse myself any more than a fish can scale itself when caught. But when God has caught us in the lap of his love, he's caught us in the realm of his salvation. When he's brought us into the presence of the Most High, when we understand him high and lifted, train of his glory filling our temple, it is there and it is then that we can allow him to cleanse us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit so we'll lean not to our own understanding, but decide to lean on the everlasting arms of the one who was who is and will forever be, somebody shout amen. That takes the pressure off of me to try to fix my spouse. That's a long ride home, Mike. Why you even go there? Anybody else have children act like the other side of the family? Give the problem to God. And he's the quicker picker up. Y'all slowing me down. Number three, I see it. Here am I sin. Don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you, and then third, this is tweetable, textable, Snapchatable, Instagrammable. This is t-shirt worthy right here. Minuscule changes and input can make a macroscopic difference in output. LD, I've been to cemetery. I mean seminary. I got some big sentences. Can I say it again? Minuscule changes in input can make a macroscopic difference in output. What'd he say? Here's what I'm saying. One decision, one adjustment, one ask, one risk, one idea, one sentence has the power to change your life and the life of those around you positively instead of negatively. It can radically alter your spiritual, emotional, relational, and financial forecast if you'll make the right decision on this day. Dr. Chad Bartell, I need you to know, it can change the atmosphere in the midst of this room when you understand my school, my marriage, my family, and even my personal destiny can change. How? It's not by making 100 decisions. Let the church say amen. If you're trying to do 100 different things, it's too much. It's too lofty. It's too great. Steve Frazier, that's too big of an assignment to do 100 push-ups. Can I do just one? That's my starting place. That was my physical trainer. I hadn't seen him since I seen y'all. So the challenge in the word, help me, Jesus, is to know you don't have to make 100 changes. Instead, you can have 100% committed to one change, and you'll revolutionize a history-making moment. Can you imagine 100% of your effort coming to an altar on this Sunday? The baby even cried on that one. That's what I'm saying to us. What does that tell me? I challenged my family to a 40-day fast. And they looked at me like one just raised their head and looked at me in the audience. Like, what? It's Thanksgiving. There's food. We celebrate. Every time Baptists meet, we kill a chicken. We baptize it in gravy. And we crispy fried so it's well done. <laughs> and in the midst of that, no, 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 not 40 days with no food. And I've shared it with you. 40 days of no complaining. Anybody in the room rather not eat? But that's too much, so I don't want to challenge you to make history by doing 40 days. You should, and some of y'all will store up 40 days of complaint on day 41. <laughs> that's not the assignment. Here's my challenge. Why don't we decide today to stop lying to ourselves and to others today? I lost the whole crowd. 
Just today, not, not 40 days, that's good. You ought to think about that. But just today, anybody have price tags on their outfits in your closet? And you're saying, on my diet, I'm going to get into that fit. Come on, let me see, let me see your hand. Tell the truth. <laughs> Nobody want to testify. One hand. Here's the deal. We got to stop lying to ourselves and to others. You ever have someone in the family come out and say, how do I look? The altar of the flood. <laughs> and you had to come up with some, ooh. You, you, yeah. Can't nobody wear that like you. People are pointing. Let me get on with the story. <laughs> Make history. How? Hearing my sin. Don't let what you can't do keep you from doing and make one change, one, one thing, one thing today. You know you got to clean up your vocabulary. Let that be your assignment. Because when you stub a toe, you cartoon cuss. And fresh from church, one thing, one decision today will alter the course of your life. How do you know that? Because a raised hand and a surrendered heart and a made-up mind to be all God wants you to be is what history-making is all about. I'm challenging us today. It's his faithfulness. It's his presence made perfect where we're weak. It's his love that covers a multitude of sin and cast out fear that'll help us. Now, someone's saying, that's too easy. What else? Got to be more to the story. Isaiah, got it. Check the box. Well, here's the other history-making helper, since you don't trust me. His name is Jabez, and he doesn't have a whole book named after him. He's got two sentences in Scripture that speak his name. Jabez is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 through 10, what you memorized just this morning. In 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. But his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I have birthed him in pain. Put a pen right there. Stop right there. Anybody in the room came out the womb fighting? And life hadn't been any different since birth. The struggle is really real and you've been trying to make ends meet and somebody keeps moving the end. You've been in the midst of trial after trial. A lot of us have lost loved ones and we're still reeling from it. We're trying to put our best foot forward and wear the smile and the mask, but deep down within, we got an angst and anger, a woe. Someone has more months left in money and that's your December and December hadn't even got here yet. You're trying to figure this thing out. He was birthed in pain, and Jabez knew it. So he cried out to God, as did Isaiah in prayer. And this is what he said. Oh, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my border, my property, and that your hand would be with me, and you would keep me from evil so that it does not hurt me. And what did God do for both? He answered the prayer. Here I am, send me. Come on. Enlarge my territory, bless me, and keep me from evil. Come to me. He answered the request, and he's willing to do it today because he's not changing. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. What am I learning? I wish there was more to describe J. Bass, but two sentences are enough. And what they tell me with Isaiah is that there are three more lessons Fielder needs to learn. Number one, God gave the go and both cried out in courage, do what you do, God. What does that say? You need faith. You need faith. My right, you need faith. 
And it's not your faith. It's more of God's faithfulness. You are called to lean on the everlasting arms of God. Not to lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, his story. And he said, I'll order your footsteps. I'll be a lamp to feed and a light to pathway. I'll press you toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. No, you haven't attained everything you need. But on this Sunday, on this 27th of November, you can make up your mind. You're going to forget about the turkey that burned. Take hold of what God has arrested you. Forget they were supposed to bring the honey-baked ham, and they bought something else, Tupperware and foil. Am I the only one with family members that never bring stuff except to-go plates? Okay, y'all don't want to preach, Mike. The Word shows me that they go encouraged, and if you don't like Isaiah, you don't like Jabez, you can't stand Mike Satterfield, I'm calling on the theologian John Wayne. John Wayne says, fear is being scared to death and saddling up anyhow. Somebody was knocked off their horse, and God says, get back up again. It's my third time falling, get up again. My seventh time down, get back up again. I want to use you for my glory. I want to use you for my triumph. I want to let the world know if I could do it for you, I can do it for anybody. What are you saying? Don't look like what you've been through. You'll catch that at lunch, but here's the challenge. Number two, God plus one equals a majority. I need you to get that. Let that marinate. Let that sink in. God in you, majority. And so since you have faith, you need God and his faithfulness to let you know how great and majestic is his name in all the earth. Uh, we got to demonstrate it. Come on, brother. Come on up right quick. Come on. Yeah, just real quick. Here's, here it is. Here's my Hawaiian brother. He's, gonna, he's God. I'm in need. This is my sin. Take my stuff too. I'm through with it. I'm sick of being frustrated, jealous. I'm tired of being brokenhearted, busted, disgusted. Please take my issue. Let it be. I'm done. Enough is enough. What's wrong with the picture? Anybody? Tell the whole crowd your name. Toa. Toa's in the house. Give him a hand clap. Thank you, brother. You may be seated. Somebody shout, let it go. Now, aren't you glad Toa ain't God? He gave me my sin back. Thank you, brother. God doesn't do what he did. He wants you to let go in the tug of war, and he throws your sin, your frustration, your drama in the sea of forgetfulness, never to rise unless you deep sea dive for it. He throws your boundary and your pressure in the sea that separates from east to west, and he doesn't want you going after the thing. Let it go. I'm learning that number three, when I have God, he's a majority. And the third thing, history-making prayers reflect the God-ordained passions of his people. I'm excited about that because God wants me to know that he is alive and well. And he's made me to have fire shut up in my bones. 
What's this history making that doesn't rely on situational factors to turn in my favor? What's this history making that Isaiah says, woe is me, I'm unclean amongst unclean? What is this history making that Jabez's mama said, you're in pain, you were birthed in pain, but that doesn't have to be the rest of your story when history is preferable? What are you saying? Here it is. It doesn't wait history for the tide of opinion to turn. History making doesn't wait till the coast is clear and the pain is gone. History instead has but one thing it waits on, and that is the green light from God. Why are you here, Mike Satterfield, to tell you the light is green? Go! Go where? Make his story. Make his story what? Known. Let his light so shine, men will see your good works, and you won't be in tug of war. You will have let go of your past indiscretion. You will have been hidden in the presence of the Most High King. You will understand that he is the air that you breathe, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's your way maker, your mind regulator, and your declaration becomes nevertheless not my will, history, his will, history, be done. Woo. The word shows me that you got another prayer to accompany the one that you shared here in my sin. What's the, what's the other clause? Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Doesn't that sound crazy? Because a lot of us don't love the way he loves. A lot of us are choosing to do things our way. And God says, no, you ought to pray that your heart breaks for what breaks mine. And if that's crazy, it's kingdom crazy. I have any history makers in here? I want a kingdom crazy crowd at Fielder Church to determine today I'm going to do what thus saith the Lord because his way is the best way. I keep messing this thing up. And when I have a history making prayer life, it gives me a green light determination. And the green light says that I'm going at any time because I'm available any place and in every way that he says I need to go. What stops us? Excuses. And when you make an excuse, you'll find one. What's the alternative? Stop making excuses. And I got 5,000 of them that have been handed to me. Can I read you a couple of them? I'm going to read it anyway. First excuse, I cannot forgive myself for leaving my children behind. So I can't make history because the history I made has been faulty. Somebody else said, guilt for sin I had in my past with all my habits, the pleasures that I chose, and my unbelief. Watch this. I was a believer, and I still acted like a prostitute and a whoremonger. I have permission to share. Some of y'all saying, I ain't giving him none of my car. Here's what has been permitted. I feel so unworthy of love that I sin on purpose so that I don't have to live up to a standard that will challenge me to get my life right. Somebody else said, I'm scared of being a hypocrite. I feel like I can't forgive those who have wronged me. Someone else says, my unbelief, the fact that I don't want to look like my parents who took me to church but never went with me. Can I ask you, are you dwelling in the middle of excuses? Because if you are, you cannot make history. It's a no parking zone. Don't stop there. 
God says, I see you. I know what you did last summer. You should have been crispy fried then, but I gave you today. And I'm looking beyond your fault to see you at the point of your need. Why are you stand in hiding? Come out, come out, filter, wherever you are. Get to the altar so you can be altered. Lay your life down and let go and let me have my way. I was in a conference. My wife was with me with Kay Arthur, who pens Bible study curriculum called Precepts. Monster of a woman in the faith. And we're in the back green room and I'm privileged to be there. I'm a dude with 15,000 women. So I had questions. Said, Miss Kay, she said, yes, sir, how are you going to speak to 15,000 issues all around you? Low self-esteem, abandonment, insecurity, bulimia, anorexia, body image, daddy issues. And she was listening. And I went on down the list. She said, are you done? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I don't speak to 15,000 issues. I speak the gospel. And the gospel speaks to 15,000 issues. I said, thank you, Miss Kay. I just wanted to know if you were ready for the program. A lot of you are trying to chase all your issues, and God says, bring it to me so that I could take what you have bottled up and what has beat you down and turn your life in the direction of hope what are you saying? I got some others to accompany both Isaiah and Jabez, so you'll know we're not in this fight by ourselves. Don't just make a living, make a life by making a difference with a determination and a God-glorifying intent to make his story known. I got to say that again. Y'all missed that one. Don't just make a living. You ought to choose today to make a life. And in making that life, you make a difference with a God-glorifying intent on making history known. Here's some biblical examples, and I got to go. You never know what relationship. You never know what skill. You never know what experience. You never know what attribute God will use to bring about his eternal purposes. Listen, he used beauty to strategically position Esther to be a part of the Persian revolt to stop the genocide of the Jews. He used the diligence of Nehemiah. I got a cup buyer on the front row in Leon Roddy. And that diligence of Nehemiah as a cupbearer to position him for royal favor that will enable him to parlay the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. He used David's musical skills. And in using his skills, he was put in the palace before the king of Israel. And then he had a slingshot ability. And the slingshot took down the giant Goliath to protect Israel from Philistine defeat. He used Joseph's imprisonment. Joseph was an interpreter of dreams, and in prison, interpreting dreams, he saved two nations from famine. God used the zeal of a murderer who was Saul, who became Paul on the Damascus Road. He had a fall, and he accepted his call. God did a thing to the ones that we think least likely to succeed, and he used Isaiah and Jabez's prayer to take extraordinary men to do extraordinary things. And if he could use them, hallelujah, he stopped by Fielder to use the likes of you. Go make history. It may be God-given athletic ability you have. You might have some musical chops like this worship team. 
Maybe it's you just having an idiosyncrasy other people tease you about. But he wants to use it. And all good and perfect gifts come from above so that God can make his way plain. I only have five minutes to tell you this, but Mark Battison writes it in this way, and it helps me. A 1% change, given enough time, can make a 99% difference in your life. But you cannot leave change to chance. You got to do something today. You got to say enough is enough and stop living vicariously through others who move. You got to have a made-up mind. As the band comes, do something today. What is it? Go make. Go make. Stop telling your little nursery rhymes and go make. How? One way is to come to an altar and say, here I am. Send me. Another way is to stop trying to do what you can't. And don't let what you can't do keep you from doing what you can. What else? A minuscule input makes a macroscopic output. Do one thing. Put 100% in that. And then you will see God do revolutionary things that he's been waiting since you were born to bring to fruition through the likes of you. Can I get practical? I really do have to go. <laughs> Here it is. Cut up the credit card that has kept you in debt for the holidays. I lost everybody. Apply for the graduate program. I'm getting real practical. Because you know you need to extend your education because the mind is a terrible thing. Uh -huh. Take the mission trip to Ashkenazgan and you can't pronounce or spell it. Because God says go therefore into all the world and make a disciple. Stop staying in your incubator and your bubble. Go where I bid you go. And as you go, allow others to see the light of his glory shine brightly through your walk. And they will give him praise as they see that you do good things. What should I do? Set up the counseling appointment because you know you cray cray. Elbow somebody say, he's talking. To you. Don't do it. Blink at me if you know on your row somebody needs counseling this very afternoon. I'm just practical. Declutter. If you cut five people out your life, you will cut 700 pounds out of your misery. Some of y'all letting some people hang around that should never be a part of your fellowship. How can light and darkness walk together? Declutter. Can I get real specific? Tighten your wig. Here's where I want you to understand. Do something. And Shelly Ann Frazier Price, Olympic runner, I saw in a race, 200 meters. She's going full speed ahead, and her wig starts shifting. Shelly Ann Frazier Price, Jamaican Olympic sprinter. In the middle of the run, she felt the wig turn and tightened the wig and won the race. What are you saying practically? Fix your wig. There's a race to win, and you've been letting distractions, and you've been letting issues rest in your head, and God says, today is a different day. When you do this, you make the history that I want you to make, and indecision is a decision. So as God calls you forward, 
leaders come. There will be an opportunity for you to rise and go because the green light is on. And as you do, there are ministers who will assemble. And they're calling you to come to salvation. Come to the risen Savior. Come to the one in whom you can live, move, and have your being. Stop being in Excuseville because you're staying parked in I don't knowville. You're on I don't care lane until I don't know and I don't care leads you to I wish I woulda, shoulda, coulda. Dead end. Amen. Today, I want God to have full control and I need him to begin with me. I love to point a bony finger at all those that I can accuse of messing my life up. But today, God says, who can I send to correct those issues? He's got it on his shirt. Go ahead, flex the shirt, brother. Turn around. Send me. We didn't plan that. But God is saying, don't look around like he must not be talking. As Reggie and this team lead us in worship, I don't know if you can stop smoking for the rest of your life because you know it's been cancerous. I don't know if you could stop drinking. I don't know if you could stop your eating addiction for the rest of your life, but I do know this. You can stop today. Satan knows it too, and that's why he's throwing confusion, problems, and woe. Why stay there? Miles, he's got better for us. And he wants us to live according to his plan. I'm done. But the spirit you've been introduced and ushered to is saying, are you going to go? If you're waiting on somebody else, you missed your assignment. Stand to your feet. The altar is open for salvation. The altar is open for prayer. The altar is open for you to come be altered, and you're invited now to come out of your row. Bring a family member if need be, but you need to deal with you. Get honest with the stuff that has gone bump in your night, and stop the tug of war. How exhausting to keep doing this activity. God is saying today is the day of salvation, renewal, strength, Today, he can make the weak say they're strong and the poor say, you know what, I'm going to be rich. The blind can see and lame folk can take leg and walk. Let's worship, you obey, and lay down every excuse that's keeping you from history making for his glory. <laughs>